You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Would you open your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 1 this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hoo-ha. I'm excited. I'm excited for this, um, this year ahead. I'm excited for what God's going to do and what he is doing already. And, you know, we, we, we want to be a people who have a greater revelation of Jesus. We want to be a people who become more like him. We want to be disciples who make disciples. It's the thing that we, you know, if, if you've heard anything over the last year, I hope you've heard that we want to become like Jesus and we want to make disciples of Jesus. We're going to be disciples who make disciples. We want, to, we want to see more people come to know Jesus. We want to be a people who are led by his spirit. You know, the, the, the last couple of weeks we have different testimonies of, uh, uh, of Wilson and of Luke praying for people with COVID. And um, we want to be people who are led by his spirit. When you hear God say, pray, then pray. If you hear God say, step out in faith, then step out in faith. But we need to be a people who hear his voice. We don't do things out of presumption. We do it because we're following the voice of the Lord. Our mission statement as a church is this, and it's very simple, to know Jesus and to make him known. Or to, be, to know Jesus and be known by him and make him known. I like that, but then it just gets longer and longer. We can kind of like, to know Jesus and be known by him and to make him known and make disciples of him, and then it just doesn't flow as well. So you get what I'm saying. We still say it. It's all of those things. But, I mean, ultimately, it is to know him intimately and to bring others to know him. That's why we're here. It's a passionate pursuit of his presence. We don't want to just go through the motions. We want to be a people who are found in his presence. And from that place, from being found in his presence, it results in action. It results in change. It results in us stepping out of our comfort zones. We want to be a people who are known for what we're for, not what we're against. If you're newer with us, this is something that we talk about often. We're not a spectator church. We want to be involved, but we want to be a people who are known by who we're for, Jesus, what we're for, not just by what we're against. We are a warship on mission, not a cruise liner. They're both ships and they're both going someplace, but a cruise liner is all about your comfort. It's all about relaxing. It's all about what you get and what you can receive. And on a warship, everyone has a part to play to see the mission accomplished. So this morning, I want to look at what does it look like to partner in the gospel? What does it look like to partner in the gospel? Have you found Philippians chapter 1? We're going to read from verse 3. If you don't have a Bible with you, let me encourage you to bring your Bible with you to church. It's good to have your Bible, but the scriptures also come up on the screens. It says this from verse 3 of Philippians chapter 1. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you are making my, uh, my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. I love that. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I thank God in my prayer because of your partnership in the gospel. It brings me great joy because of your partnership in the gospel. I love that Paul often, if you read through the books that Paul wrote in the New Testament, he often thanked the churches that he was writing to for their partnership in the gospel. We believe that 
local church is God's pattern for not only for our growth, for, for our discipleship, but to also to reach the world. This is like, you know, with all of our imperfections and all of the things that we could do better, this is God's vehicle. This is what God designed so that we grow, we can be disciples who make disciples, we get to know Jesus, but also that we can reach the people around us. And it's Jesus who adds people to local church. We don't just go shop for what best meets my needs. That's the cruise liner. It's Jesus who adds. And if you come to our Welcome to Church lunches over the next couple of weeks, shameless plug, we're going to talk a bit more about what it looks like when Jesus adds to a local church. In Acts 2, verse 42 to 47, it talks about the early church. We believe that the Bible is um, not just um, descriptive. It doesn't just describe what happened, but, but it's prescriptive. It's a pattern for us. And it says this, of the early church... Acts 2 from verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. These are some of the things that we try and do as a church because it says it in the Bible. And all came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. That's amazing. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And we've seen that over the last couple of years. That we've been able to meet the needs of those who have found themselves in need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Why do we meet together on a Sunday and in homes? Because it says it here. That's what they did. And so that's what we want to do. And then it says, uh, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. It's the Lord who adds, and the cry of our heart would be that we see people added, not just to Melbourne Life Church, but to the kingdom daily. That people would be saved every day, and that we'd be able to start that process of discipling them, and seeing them become more like Jesus, and then seeing them reach their spheres of influence. So I hope that partnership is why you're here today, but you might not have ever heard that term to partner in the gospel. And so I want to talk a bit about that and unpack that because that's sort of like the purpose of why we gather together. The churches in the Bible were a very real partnership of people who worked together and grew together for a common purpose. It wasn't just a gathering of people for their own benefit. It was a partnership of people for a common purpose, which is to know Jesus and to make him known. So that the kingdom would be advanced. So that we would, together, would become more like him. This is what we want to be as a church. This is who we want to be. The purpose was to pursue Jesus and to see his kingdom advance. That's what we want to do as a church. We don't want to be a preaching hall. Can I say it again? That, that is not our goal, is just to be a preaching hall where people come to sit on a Sunday and watch. We gather on a Sunday and we gather in homes because Acts 2 says it, but the ultimate goal is not just to have a big building full of people. We don't want to sit and watch. We don't want to become a social club where we just come to network. Social, social things are good. Relationship is good. But it's not the ultimate reason why God's added us Together, We're not here to protest or to fight politics. Can I say that again? Our goal is not to protest or to fight politics. The Bible tells us to pray for those in authority, no matter what side of politics they're on or whether we agree with them or not. 
That's been more challenging over the last couple of years because you know, some of us have some very strong opinions. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them, but the Bible calls us to pray for them. But we unite around pursuing Jesus together and seeing his kingdom advance. We don't unite around what we're against. We unite around what we're for. Because to be honest, in this room right now, not including the people that aren't here today, there's very different sides and very different views on many things in the world. We want to be a people who partner together in the gospel. What we can, you can unite around is Jesus and his kingdom being advanced. And whether you're on the left side of politics or the right side of politics, it's Jesus that brings us together because he's the reason why we partner to see the gospel advance. Would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read from verse 12 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves. That's a pretty full-on sentence right there. But when they measure themselves by one another, they compare themselves with one another, and they are without understanding. Our goal is not to compare ourselves with each other. Our goal is to measure ourselves by the standard of Jesus. They're without understanding. But we will not boast beyond our limits. We will boast only with regard to the area of influence God has assigned to us to reach even you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. I I want that to be said of us. I want people to actually say, you were the first person to share the gospel of Jesus with me. I'd never heard about that until you told me. I love, you know, Luke's testimony of, of praying. And the guy just, you know, I, I love it when we pray for people who have no church understanding or background. You're like, can I lay hands on you? Like, what does that mean? Can I put my hand on your shoulder? Well, that's a bit weird. Like, it does, that seems weird if you don't have a church thing. Like, can I touch your shoulder? And then suddenly, like, you know, they experience something of the power of God. And it's like, even though it still seems weird, there's a reality of there's something more. I'm getting sidetracked. I got I to gotta stay on. What verse are we up to? Uh, verse 15. For we do not boast beyond the limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, get this, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged, so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done by another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one who the Lord commends. This is a key scripture about partnering in the gospel. Partnership in the church and beyond. And see, when we talk about partnering in the gospel, it almost always applies to sort of every sphere of our lives. Um, It applies in our relationships. It applies in our family. It applies in the, the local church context and beyond the local church. We like to use this word that I think is kind of a made up word, um, the word translocal. Like, it basically means more than local. The context beyond us. You know, sometimes churches say that, like, things like missions. Um, but it's just beyond our local context. We want our influence and faith to grow. Why? I love that verse, verse 16. So that we can preach the gospel in lands beyond. We want um, our influence and faith to grow locally so that we can preach the gospel to people beyond the current relationships and opportunities that we have. That's the point of this. It's like, you know, all of us have a sphere of influence, and right now there's relationships and opportunities for the gospel to be preached. 
but we want our influence and our faith to grow so that we have opportunities beyond those current ones. It's the same when we go beyond our local church. We want our influence and, and, and faith to grow beyond us so that the gospel can be preached in cities and regions and nations beyond our current sphere of influence, ones that we're not working in, in yet. The problem is this. Our culture's idea of partnership is selfish. Our culture's idea of partnership is what can I get? I, you know, I, I want to partner with you. In a, I want to partner with this church so that I can get something. I want to partner with this ministry for what I receive. I want to, whatever it is. That's our culture's idea of partnership. It's sort of this thing of how does this, you know, often we come to it with, how does this already align with what I already believe or my interpretation of things? How are you going to open, you know, in a sense, we use biblical words like, you know, how can you open doors? But it really in our back of our minds, often how can you open doors for my ministry? But the Bible's idea of partnership is not what can I get, but what can I give? What can I bring? The Bible's idea of partnership is not what can I get, but what can I give? Or how can I be involved? How can I bring the gifts, the talents, the treasure, the time that God's given me to partner with these people that Jesus has added me to, to see him glorified and his, his kingdom advance? Now, the end result is often the same. The end result is that we do receive and doors are open for us to minister, but the starting heart place is very different. The heart place is not what can I get and how can you open doors for me. The heart place is how do I partner with these people that Jesus has added me to to see the kingdom advance. The result is often the same, but we have a different heart to start with. Paul teaches in Colossians um, this idea of love. And he says, he says love is this, to put Jesus first, others second, and think of ourselves as, as sort of last in that sense of, you know, it's, it's Jesus, others, and then myself. That's what love is. It's to choose somebody else's highest. So partnership is not about what I get out of it. Partnership is about what I can put into, what I can contribute. What I get out of it is consumerism. If you want to define it, that's not partnership, that's consumerism. That's, I go to the grocery store and I say, what can I get? That's different than partnership. I don't go to the grocery store and say, can I help you stock the shelves? I go and I go, I want that, that, I put it in my trolley and I leave. And often, if we're honest, that's how many of us have learned to relate to church. Partnership is about the king and the kingdom. It's about the rule and reign of Jesus in our lives and then through us coming to those who don't know him yet who are living in darkness. We are a people on purpose, a people on mission with a shared purpose. We partner in the gospel. It's like a three-legged race. Have you ever tried to do a three-legged race but not actually be in sync with the other person? It, it gets messy really quickly. It's like if, you, if you're tied together, you have to be in sync with a common purpose, it's like left leg, right leg, left leg, right leg, left, and, you know, and you get some momentum going. If you're just like, I'm going to go that way and I'm going to go that way, it's hard enough with two people. Try doing it with 100 people. Try doing it with 200. Try doing it with 1,000 people trying to run together without a common purpose. There's no, it gets, it's, not only does it get messy, people's legs get broken, sadly. And that's often what we see happen in church. People get hurt. People's legs get broken. People get, you know, get let down. They fall on the wayside because 
we haven't been running together with common purpose. We haven't been pursuing Jesus together. We've been doing our own thing and pulling in our own direction. This is not meant to be a, um, I'm not, not trying to, to, to be like um, giving you a smack today. I, I hope this is like calling us together. Like I'm, I'm kind of excited that we get to partner. I'm not trying to whack you for not partnering because to be honest, I think as a church, we, we generally do this really well. But as we start a year, it's so good to be reminded of this because this is why we do all the things that we do. Amos 3 verse 3 says, basically says this, how do we walk together if we don't agree on the direction that we're going? Or, you know, how can people walk together if they're not in agreement? It's true. How do you, you, know, you can't even go on a, like a, just an afternoon walk if you don't agree which direction you're going. You can go on it on your own, but not together. If Mark and Louise decide to go on a walk this afternoon, which they do often, and Mark goes, I'm going right, and Louise says, I'm going left, then at that point, unless one of them changes and goes with the other one, they're not walking together. They're just walking on their own. And can I be as bold as to say this? Just because we gather on a Sunday morning doesn't necessarily mean we're walking together. Because you can be in a room for an hour with, with other people, but not actually be going in the same direction. So my question this morning is this. How do we partner together in the gospel? What does it look? we got to get practical. How do we do this? Firstly, I've got, just for those who like the, uh, the sort of, it, it's not alliteration. Is it alliteration when you use, like, start with the same letter? Yeah. What's the one where you use, like, the different letters of a word? Acronym. I got an alliteration today. We partner through recognition. That's the starting point of partnership. We need to recognize our need for each other. If we don't recognize our need for each other, we're never going to partner together. We recognize our need for different gifts and different talents and the, the things that other people carry, not just the ones we like the most. One of the, 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 the most common things in church circles is that everyone of the same gift starts hanging out together. So you got churches that are full of prophetic people. And that's awesome because we need prophetic people. But if it's only prophetic people, we're missing out on the fullness of what God's called us to. Or churches that are full of teachers because we really like the way they teach. And so all the teachers gather together and all they ever do is teach. But nobody ever prophesies. They don't ever go on mission. There's no event. Like we need to recognize the giftings of others. We need, can I say this church, we need your gift in the mix of Melbourne Lights Church. This is not about Matt Doty Ministries, Matt Doty preaching on a Sunday morning. This is us together seeing the kingdom advance. We need your gift. Your gift is as important, more important than my gift. The kingdom needs your gift. Paul, Paul says this, I love this. Paul says, to some I'm an apostle and to others I'm not. The question wasn't one of gifting, it was one of recognition, because Paul was an apostle. But he says, to some I am and to some I'm not. It's a question of recognition. See, we'll never truly value somebody's, um, uh, we'll never truly value somebody, we'll never truly value the person, let alone what they carry or their gift, if we don't um, recognize the gifting in them and our need for that gifting. Louise and I have sat up here uh, recently and we did a little panel and we talked about how different we are. I mean, Louise and I, honestly, in our gifting are like total opposite ends of the spectrum. 
but I love it that we get to be on team together because she it, she's like the balance to what I am. You know, I'm, I'm line upon line. I think very structured. Louise is like a bowl of spaghetti. She like makes her notes like, honestly, her notes are like a mind map that you, nobody can follow. She often just says, I'll just take photos of what I've drawn and I'll send it to you. And then I have to call her and be like, what, where's that arrow going to the other page? And is that page one links to page five? And um, I love it. That's the beauty of different gifts and we need that in the church. To partner, we have to start with recognition of other people. Secondly, to partner, we need revelation. We need a godly revelation of the necessity of partnership. We need a godly revelation of the necessity of sharing the load and the responsibility. We need a shift from individualism to community. And that's hard in our culture. In the Bible culture, they lived in much more community. It was families. It was people together. It was shared community. We, are, we live in a culture that's very individual. At the most, it's our, like, it's our family unit. And even then, we kind of go to our own bedrooms to watch TV and eat meals often. We need a recognition and a revelation of community. There's power in community. There's things that only happen in my growth when I'm knit together in community. See, if deep deep down we really think we can do it on our own, we'll never commit to partnership. If deep down I think that I have all that I need to be all that that God's called me to be and I don't need anyone else, then I might do lip service to partnership, but I'll never actually open my heart to partner with others. If deep down we think that we have all the answers, we'll never commit to partnership. We need a revelation of our need for each other and for the, the one another's. You know, there's over 40 one another's in the New Testament. As good as tuning in online can be, and it was, a, it was a vehicle for a season, you can't necessarily do the one another's in online only. There's got to be a face-to-face connection at some point because God's called us to all these one another's, to encourage one another, to, to strengthen one another, to pray for one another. To, there's for over 40 of them. Remember talking about extending the kingdom, the rule and reign of Jesus to areas beyond our current reach of impact and beyond the current relationships we have. That's sort of the point of partnership. So we need partnership. We need one another on every level. We need it in our families. We need it in the church. We need it beyond the church. We need it with other churches. Thirdly, we partner by sharing the responsibility. It's revelation. It's recognition, revelation, and responsibility. I got a couple more points under responsibility because I think this is where the rubber meets the road. We share the responsibility together. The church is not an organization where we hire professionals to do the ministry and we all come and watch and cheer their testimonies. The church is a community of priests who partner together to serve our king and to see his rule and reign extended. So we carry responsibility together, firstly, in prayer. In prayer. There's a lot of things we, we carry it together, but I think it all starts in the place of prayer. In praying for each other, in praying for the church, in praying for what we're involved in together. There's no better way to get a heart for those that Jesus has added you to than to pray for them. There's no better way to grab his heart for what he's called us to together than to pray into it. Because in the place of prayer, he's released to move, but he also shifts our heart. We believe in a, as a church in the power of prayer. 
Prayer works. Prayer changes things. Prayer releases the supernatural. As a local church, yes, we still have a prayer meeting. Some of you guys might not actually know that. So we pray to get all together once a month on a Wednesday night. It's like, it's my favorite meeting that we do together. It's, it gets wild. It does get wild. It's, it's fun. We worship. We pray. We also pray Sunday mornings. But if that's the only time we pray, we're not partnering together. That's just like the, the, the overflow of a life of prayer. We should be praying in our, in our discipleship groups. We should be praying when we get together with each other. We should be praying on our own every day. I think, to be honest, attending the prayer meeting, being at the prayer meeting, not just being there but actually contributing to it, actually shows who's really partnering and not just attending. Can I be that honest? And if you haven't been able to be there, be free, grace, grace upon grace. But there's a heart thing. If it's, hey, I want to be there, but I can't because I do shift work or whatever, I get it. But if you're just like, well, yeah, whatever, I don't care, then maybe you're attending and not partnering. Bless you. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 to 2, Paul tells the Thessalonians how they can partner with him in prayer. He says this, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead. I love that. It's like the speeders on Star Wars. They may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. Paul asked that the focus of their prayer be the advancing of the kingdom, not just his personal comfort. Prayer, I love to say this, is sowing and reaping in the same action. We sow and we reap at the same time. And if we're going to partner together in the gospel, it starts in the place of prayer. If you can do nothing else, pray. I love some of the older people that have come, uh, been in the life of the church, that some, of, some that are no longer with us, but in the end of their time, when all they could do, they couldn't get out of bed or they couldn't get out, of, get out of the chair that they were in, but they would spend two, three, four hours a day just praying for us. There's no greater partnership. Some of you might have never met them because they weren't able to gather on a Sunday morning, but they prayed. They were part of our inheritance. Secondly, we carry the responsibility, firstly in prayer. Secondly, we carry the responsibility by going. See, I could have said gathering first, but I actually think going is the starting thing. Because the focus is not just the gathering. We'll get to that. It's the going. Too often our prayer is this, if we're honest. Lord, open doors for the gospel. Open doors to the nations. Lord, let your kingdom be advanced. But by somebody else, because I don't really want to go. Lord, open doors for Mark to take the gospel to the nations. <laughs> Partnership and caring responsibility. Can we be real? It's practical. It requires us to go. It requires us to live on mission. It requires us to live on mission. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's literally as you are going. In the process of going, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. As you're going. It requires us to live on mission. It requires us to go. If we grasp this thing of partnership, we'll carry the responsibility by going as well. When we have a revelation of going, then we're willing to pay the price to go. Whether it's, and, and you know, this is not just nations, although that's included. It, it can be making time 
um, to minister to others, making time to have a coffee with somebody, to get out on the streets, to share the gospel, to go to the nations. There's a price that's involved in all of that. There's a price to set aside time. There's a, there's a sacrifice of, you know, it's not just what I want to do with my life. I set time aside and I, you know, I, I pay that price to meet with others and to gather with others and to, to go to, the, I mean, going to the nations is a bigger price. And I want to encourage you with this. The doors are going to open for us again to the nations. And for everyone that's cheering, are you making a plan? Because there's a price. And to be honest, when the doors open, I think it's going to be quick. I think it's going to be like suddenly like, hey, guys, next month there's a door for us to get back into Indonesia. Next month there's a door for us to go to wherever. Are we saving? Are you budgeting? As I mean, Olaf, I love it. It was so practical last week talking about storing up treasures in heaven. It's like if you don't have a budget to be generous, you're not going to be generous. It'll be, it's kind of the leftover. Oh, I've got a little bit left over. Here you go. Rather than, no, no, I've, I've planned this. I'm ready. And that's the same with our going. Are you making a plan? Are you saving? Are you ready to go? Yeah, we can spend our money on a million things, to be honest. But when we have this revelation of the king and the kingdom and of partnership, our priorities change. It's no longer about me and my comfort. It's about how can I partner to see the kingdom advance. It's no longer just about how I can get ahead, but it's how can I see the kingdom advanced. We need poor people who are willing to go preach the gospel who are willing to step out on the streets, who are willing to go plant churches, who are willing to go to the nations. Church planting, there's a price involved in that. It's not easy. I mean, Dale and Angela can tell you, there is a price. You lay it all on the line. It's not my stuff anymore. My house is, you know, the church is the church's house. My car is the church's car. I carry gear around. I go pick people. There's like a price involved, and we need people who actually go, you know what, I'm willing to pay that price again to go. Not for my comfort, but for the king and the kingdom. We carry this responsibility, thirdly, by giving. See, the, the, the prayer and the going are followed by giving. I believe the Bible calls us to give 10% of our increase. And also to sow offerings. And to give to the poor. And to help those in need. And to give apostolic giving. And to be generous. Malachi 3 verse 10 says this. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing till there's no more need. Now people go, oh, you know, that's Old Testament, it doesn't apply anymore. Jesus says not even a dot or the cross on a T will pass away. The New Testament calls us actually to greater. It calls us to more. But I love this. He says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Where's the storehouse? It's the place where we're fed. It's the place where Jesus has added us it's the place of our partnership. Now, there's a lot of things that we can give to, and we should be generous. We're called to be generous. We're going to have a Compassion Sunday the end of February, and we're having the guys from Compassion come in, and, and they're going to talk about how we can partner to support kids in other nations, that there's be doors for the gospel. There's places we can give, but that's not where we bring our tithe. We bring our tithe to the place of our partnership, to the place where Jesus is at us, to the storehouse. Last week, Olaf shared out of Matthew 6, 21, where Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, our giving directs our hearts. And here's the thing about partnership. It strengthens our partnership because it directs our hearts. 
when we sow into the place that we're being fed, but also where Jesus has added us, it knits our hearts together. It directs our hearts toward each other. When we sow into what God's called us to together, it strengthens that bond of we're on mission together. It shows our partnership and it strengthens our partnership because it directs our hearts toward our partnership. You know the thing that most often precedes somebody leaving our partnership is that they stop giving. Honestly, it's without a fail. Actually, to be honest, there's a few, let me, let me qualify that. People that have left well often continue to sow until they move. But, but often you can see people stop to direct their hearts. They, start, they stop partnering before they leave. They actually stop partnering in the gospel before they physically stop attending or showing up. Are we willing to cheerfully sow into our partnership? Partnerships cost. I'm not saying this because we need more tithes and offerings. Jesus is our provider. But there is something, that, something powerful that happens when we follow the, the, the pattern of the word of God and we sow into what God's called us to together. Any partnership that doesn't include our money, can I be honest, is not a partnership. If I said to Elodie, like, let's get married, you know, get down on my knee, we get engaged, let's get married, but you can't have any of my money. It would have been fine because I had no money anyway. She had more money than I had, to be honest. That's not a, that's not a marriage if you're like, hey, our, you know, our, never shall our money meet. <laughs> Till death do us part and never shall our money meet. No, no, like you come together. The two become one. Uh, you know, if you have separate bank accounts, there's sometimes there's practical reasons for that. But to be honest, like we, it has to include your money. Move on, Matt. Finally, we carry the responsibility in partnership by gathering. Why is it the last point? Because it's not the main focus, but for most people, that's the first point. I purposely wanted it to be the last point. Because gathering is important, because the Bible talks about it, but it's not the main focus of our partnership. Acts 14, verse 25 to 27 says, When they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attilia, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God and the work that they had been fulfilled. When they arrived, they gathered the church together. They declared all that God had done in them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. I love that when they arrived, they gathered the church together. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how to stir, one of the, this is one of the one another's, one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, or sometimes I can say not forsaking the gathering together of believers, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day draws near. Our gathering is important, and it's an important part of our partnership. We gather and we go, and we gather and we go, and we gather, we don't gather and stay, we gather and go, and gathering is not everything, but it is important in our partnership. When we catch the heart of partnership, and here's the shift, it's not gather so that you're part of it. When we catch the heart of partnership, I want to be with the people that God's called me to partner with. I'm like, I, I find it difficult to go on holiday, not because I don't, I love holidays, but I miss you guys. I'm like, what's happening? Like, Dave, Dave said, so Dave and Gabby are finishing their isolation today after, you know, a run of COVID. And I don't, some of you guys, you probably didn't notice, there's a, there's a new camera right here that goes to the mum's room. 
but it also is like tapped into our security thing. So you can actually log in. Dave so missed being with us that he logged in just to, have a, just to watch. You can't hear anything off of it. He just wanted to see what was happening. He's got the, like, you know, he's got the heart of partnership. He's waiting for like, the podcast to come out later. And uh, Also, uh, apologies, because the there's been a couple of weeks where our um, recordings, we had a bad USB, and we didn't realize. And I really hope that's the problem. Otherwise, too bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep troubleshooting. Um, but there's a couple of weeks that weren't online. So apologies if you were away and waiting for that. Um, we want to be where God's called us to be. It's not like this is the only expression of partnership. It's that the, the heart outworking is I want to be with the people God's added me to. Whether it's worship, whether it's to worship, whether it's to declare what God's done, whether it's to sit under the teaching of the word, whether it's for discipleship, prayer, fellowship, I want to be with my people. Becomes my priority. Becomes the thing that I focus on. The last couple of years, honestly, have really shown who has a revelation of partnering. Because they found a way to gather, even when it was inconvenient. To walk in parks. To... You know, to come onto Zoom for prayer meetings. Nobody loves Zoom. Let's be like, you know, it's not our favorite, but we found a way to contribute online, to continue to meet in discipleship groups, or, or you know, to, to jump on Zoom for discipleship groups, or to meet, you know, those times where we could meet with, I don't know, small numbers. I can't even remember all the different things. But we found a way. The way may have looked different, but the revelation of partnership meant that we held on to the value. The hardest thing about the start of COVID is that we never got to sit down together as a church and say, this is what it's going to look like. It was like, we're not thinking, uh, here's an email, we're going to put out some videos. We found a way. And I love that. And even if you didn't find a way then, I, will, I, I pray that you catch a heart of partnership so that we continue to find a way in the future. Say, how do we see the kingdom advance? I want to finish with this. I know I've gone a little bit over this morning. The best thing about partnership in the gospel is this. When we share the responsibility, we share the reward. We share the inheritance. For those people who can't come on a Sunday, but they're at home praying for us, they share the inheritance. We share the reward. Jesus is glorified. The gospel's preached. People are set free. People's lives are transformed. There's testimonies of the goodness of God. Disciples are made. New places and regions and spheres of influence are opened up for the gospel. Churches are planted. The kingdom's advanced. When we partner together, all of that reward becomes ours. The enemy wants to isolate us and keep us living as individuals, to get us focused on myself, on individualism, on what I can get rather than what I can give. And he'll do whatever he can to stop us building according to a biblical pattern. The enemy wants us to do what seems good in our own eyes. But no matter how you look at it, if we're going to build biblically, we can't be a people who sit on the sidelines. We're just not that sort of church. And there's a grace for healing. There's a grace for a season of restoration. There's a grace to come and to receive where there's been hurt in the past. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. There is grace for that. But it's not a forever. It's healing and restoration to then become involved again. Restoration, it's like a sports person who's had an injury. You have a season maybe on the sideline where you're watching the game. But the whole purpose of rehabilitation is to get back into the game. 
Can we stand together? Go make disciples of every nation. I love that he says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It's not just for the pastors in the room. It's not just for those who have done Bible college or done a degree or done all the courses. It's for every single one of us, a priesthood of all believers. If you love Jesus and you're following him, you're willing to lay down your life for him, he's calling you to partner in the advancing of the kingdom. Can I pray? Lord, as we start the year, yeah, we want to be a people who partner with you, Lord. I love it. It's good. From young to old, from babies to the oldest, oldest in our midst, Lord, we want to partner in the advancing of the kingdom. Lord, I say this morning, would you use me? Lord, if there's areas in my heart or in my life where actually I'm, I'm holding back for myself rather than bringing what I have, my gifts or talents, into those that you've added me with right here. Lord, I pray even right now. Lord, I, I, I repent of that, Lord. And I say, Lord, use me. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. We want to be a pe people who partner together for the gospel, Lord. Not for what I can get out of it, but to see you glorified. And Lord, and for those, Lord, who have maybe come, Lord, as we've been online or they've come in the last few weeks, Lord, uh, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would know clearly whether you're adding them or not. Lord, we don't want, Lord, just a big preaching hall. We want people who you're adding to see what you've called us to come to fruition. So would you speak clearly? Lord, would you open the door? Would the door be clearly open or clearly closed? Lord, and if it's closed, I pray that you would, Lord, open the, the door to the right church. Lord, but if it's here, we want to be a people who partner with you. We give you our hearts, we give you our lives, we give you our time, we give you our talents, we give you our money, we give you all that we are for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.